Blog Talk Radio. So much media, so little time. Who keeps track of it all? That would be me. This is Bob Andelman, and this is the Mr. Media Interview, broadcast on blogtalkradio.com from the new media and baseball capital of the world, St. Petersburg, Florida. The interview you are about to hear with actor and musician Billy Bob Thornton was recorded on June 29, 2007, but was before Mr. Media joined the Blog Talk Radio Network. I hope you'll enjoy it. And this is the Mr. Media interview. You just can't pigeonhole Billy Bob Thornton. Think about the movie roles he's most famous for and see what, if any, connection there is. Carl in Sling Blade, Hank Grotowski in Monster's Ball, Morris Buttermaker in Bad News Bears, Coach Gaines in Friday Night Lights, and my favorite, Willie in Bad Santa. Who would figure that the guy who portrayed so many varied and somewhat disturbed characters, had a musical soul, too. But this month, Billy Bob Thornton's fourth CD, Beautiful Door, will be released. It's a collection of original contemporary songs with a touch of country, all written and sung by Thornton. He also is the drummer on the album's tracks. And just like his choices as an actor, no two songs on the album are easily matched and categorized. You'll recognize his deep voice instantly on the somber opening ballad, It's Just Me, but be surprised that it's also him on the rock and hope for glory. Billy Bob Thornton, welcome to Mr. Media. Well, thank you for having me. Pleasure to have you here. Um, this, Billy Bob, this was my first exposure to music, and, and I've I got to admit, I was a little surprised at how gentle and calm most of it is. Yeah, it's kind of a vibey record, you know, uh... Uh, when we play live, we're a, a little bit more of a big rock show, you know. And uh, on the records, you know, we, we tend to, you know, do kind of, uh, you know, somewhere in between, uh, you know, J.J. Kale and uh, Johnny Cash, <laughs> you know, kind of stuff. But, um, you know, I've always been into real moody records, and that's what we try to do. We, like you said, we got a couple of... Uh, tunes that are a little more uh, raucous, but uh, for the most part, it's a, it's a real vibey record. It was a little against type from what I was expecting, I guess, mm-hmm. or what I, what, I, what I thought the type was. Obviously, I was wrong. Is, it, is this album very different from the three that preceded it? Uh, well, it's pretty similar to the first one, Private Radio, as well as uh, the third one, which was called Hobo. Uh, but the second record we did was called Edge of the World, and was uh, um, it was kind of all over the map. That record, our, our second one, it had you know everything from rock songs to country songs on it. And you know you can't do that anymore. Uh, these days, people want records that you know kind of sonically and lyrically all fit the same vibe, you know, like it used to be in 1968 or 70, you could have a record with all types of songs on it, mm-hmm. but people don't, uh, uh, I'm not sure if it's the people or record labels, but they want to 
put it in the category, and I suppose a lot of that's because of the radio. Uh, when I was a kid, you would hear James Taylor and Black Sabbath on the same station. <laughs> yeah. Now, I... You know, uh, you hear there's the the contemporary country station, and then there's the pop station, and everybody has to be in a category. Mm-hmm. Well, plus, the with the downloading of music, people can just pick the songs that they want, so if 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 it's not all of a type, they may pick that one, uh, you know, uh, they may pick uh, uh, one particular song that they like. But if the next one doesn't sound like it, they're only going to take that one song. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I, I guess the uh, the Billy Bob I was expecting was the one in the song "I Can Tell You," the guy who says, "I can tell you some crazy stories. I bet they'd make you run away." Right. Uh, not so many of those uh, kind of stories in there. Yeah. You know, it's funny when people say, uh, you know, something is a very per- seems to be a personal record, or is it autobiographical? Uh, it's it's always a little of both, you know. I mean, most things you write about, they're they're stories that either you've observed, or have been involved in, or are yourself. You know, I mean, I I think the best way to write is from you know personal experience. Uh, um, like for instance, I wouldn't make a very good science fiction writer. <laughs> you know, uh, I pretty much have to write about stuff that I've um, either observed or, or been involved in myself. You you haven't been in in, in outer space? I... Uh, well, <laughs> uh, in some ways I have. <laughs> okay. No question about it. Thank you for uh, clarifying that. Yeah. <laughs> what is it now? I know uh, you've been playing music an awful long time, and I mean you've you, you know you you've got you've you've got your chops. But what drives you to keep making music now? I mean, certainly you you're not in it for the income. Uh, well, I'm not in movies for the income either. Mm. Uh, if I didn't love it and and want to do it, I you know I. I wouldn't. Uh, I wasn't having having fun at it and didn't get get uh, fulfillment from it. Because uh, there's a lot of jobs you can make money at. I mean, I could have gone into the oil business or something maybe, but uh, I doubt they would have had me. But <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's kind of funny. I end up answering a lot of questions about. I, I guess the answer to that would be my answer would be the same answer as Tom Petty or. The Fallout Boys, or Jack White, or Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure what they would answer uh, if you asked them that question. You hmm. know? But uh, I would imagine it would be, well, what else would I do? <laughs> you know. Are you more likely to hang out with musicians or actors? I hang out mostly with musicians. Hmm. Uh, I, I have a few actor friends, not many. And most of the ones that I have are not very famous ones. They're guys that I came up in the theater with, mm-hmm. mostly. And uh, I think, uh, well, I mean, frankly, I don't hang out with many famous people at all. Uh, you know, I've got all these kids, so <laughs> I kind of just stay home <laughs> and don't do much of anything. I just uh, play with kids and, and record music and. And when I go away, it's usually to make a movie or go on tour with the band. I, I suspect, without getting into it, that you've uh, you've had enough exposure to being very famous and very visible, and you could you could certainly choose to one or the other to to be to be famous and visible or not to be. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, uh, I mean, that part of it is not 
not my favorite part. Mm-hmm. The old, uh, you know, going out in public part. <laughs> I'm, I'm still embarrassed by it, frankly. Really? Oh yeah. Well, does the does the musician and you make different choices than the actor? No, it's pretty much the same thing. Yep. Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess uh, there have been choices as an actor that have been slightly different than I'm doing music. I mean, if I were doing, if I were playing music to to sell five million records, uh, I would certainly write different kinds of music mm. than I do. I don't exactly write commercial music. Um, I have, however, as an actor, a couple of times done bigger movies, you know. Uh, I mean, you know, Armageddon, for instance, you know, stuff like that. Right. But uh, uh, I doubt you'll ever see me making some kind of uh, pop or uh, a hip-hop record so or, you... or a contemporary country record either. And you haven't made the musical equivalent of Bad News Bears yet either? No. Uh, although we've got a few coming out uh, pretty soon on another record that uh, uh, could be a little bit Bad Santa-like. Really? Oh, yeah. okay. Got to pause there and tell us more about that. Well, we, my band is called the Boxmasters, and we uh, made a, a, are making a record under just the band name, which won't have my name on it, but it's, a, it's the same exact people. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's the record's going to have a an explicit lyric sticker on it, but uh, it's uh, kind of a hillbilly punk record. Wow! Which is something we do live a lot. Uh, that should be very interesting. Uh, it, it, we're opening for ourselves on tour. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? Oh yeah. <laughs> do you get paid double when you do that? How does that work? Oh no, the boxmasters only get like two hundred bucks a night for the whole band, <laughs> and they have to ride another bus. And <laughs> you know, so you know, it's the same band. We still treat ourselves really bad when we're the boxmasters. I, I was going to say we you treat ourselves as an opening act. So you know, I think uh, when I my old days of of covering music years ago, I think the uh, the attitude was always you always had an opening band that was that was never as good as the uh, as the as the headliner. Right. Okay. Exactly. I, we try to be just as good. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> we, we still treat ourselves like crap when we're the headliner. I got it. Now, have have, uh, have your music and film careers ever met? Has has any of your music uh, accompanied a film, for example, or have well, you been able? Actually, I've I've cut a couple of songs uh, for uh, TV shows that are, that are not out yet that are coming out. I was asked to do a Hank Williams cover for a Canadian television show that's going to be on. Uh, this coming year, and then there's another show uh, on HBO that we did an opening credit song for. Hmm. And uh, so I've done that, but I haven't done anything for my own movies, you know. Okay. Uh, um, I, I tend to be more willing to do music for a movie that I don't have anything to do with, really. I try to keep the two as separate as possible. I understand. Well, let me ask you this. Could you pick out a song or two uh, from Beautiful Door and maybe tell us a little about them? Well, the song Beautiful Door, the title song, is really just a song about... Uh, it's an anti-war song, really. Hmm. Uh, and normally, I haven't put real political songs on my records. Uh, this whole record, really, the theme of it is life and death and uh, how important life is and how we need to treat it and, and about having to face death and uh, 
uh, it's both on a personal level and a global level, you know. I mean, there's a song on there that's about not judging a book by its cover. There's three sort of anti-war songs, as well as uh, a couple of songs about suicide and how that affects the people you leave behind because of your choice. So it's, it's really a record about life and death. And beautiful, the song Beautiful Door is really about uh, religion being mixed with war and politics so much. Mm. And uh, how it seems that the people that die are the people who don't really care you know it's like the, the people who aren't involved in it are, are the people that usually get it and the big chiefs are the ones that uh, live uh, except for in a couple instances recently <laughs> but uh, um, you know it, and, and it doesn't it doesn't point fingers at any particular group it points a finger at everybody you know the east as well as the west and everything you know uh, so the song is as much about the uh, uh, you know, our system as it is anybody else's. It's just saying, look, if you guys want to, uh, if you think there's some magical answer on the other side of some door into the heavens or whatever, and as long as, and if you kill, you know, uh, to get there, that's okay. Well, you can believe that if you want, but don't take any of the rest of us with you. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what everybody believes. Do do you feel uh, as you get a little older, you've got uh, you've got kids, uh, uh, t- uh, early teens, and a, and a, a young daughter? Um, do you feel more willingness or more? Uh, are you more prone to speak out about politics and things like that at this point because of your kids or your you know well, maturity? I, they definitely affect the way I think and what I do, uh, but I don't really speak out that much sort of publicly about politics. I'm not that educated about it. Uh, I tend to more do it as a character in a, in a movie or as a, in, a, in a song or something. Uh, I, don't, I don't go to many rallies because I don't know what I would say. I'm not really a politician. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some actors, you know, and musicians and a lot of people who are real educated on politics and, uh, and can speak about it way better than I can. Um I, I just kind of say what I feel personally in these songs, uh, but uh, I certainly wouldn't be able to go before Congress or anything <laughs> like that because I'm not educated enough. And it sounds like you might actually be a little shy about doing that, even if, even probably, if, yeah. <laughs> now, um, on the lighter side of things, I see that Graham Nash sings uh, background vocals on a couple of tracks. I was wondering how that came about. Uh, uh, Graham and I had a lot of mutual friends over the years, and we always tried to hook up and do something together. And we were asked by a company to do a, a surround sound mix of one of his songs, one of my songs, and then do one together hmm. for this thing up in Vegas that they had. This, you know, sort of a techie conference, you know, to demonstrate this equipment. Okay. And so during the process. We fell in love with each other's songs that we'd just written, and uh, he really loved the song Beautiful Door, and uh, as well as Hope for Glory, and uh, I Can Tell You. Uh, on those three songs, he does a background vocal part. So it was pretty nice to be able to harmonize a Graham Nash, let me tell you. I, I would say that that would probably be kind of a career highlight. Oh, it was really great. <laughs> He's such a, a terrific guy, and I've always been a huge fan of his. He's really the only guest star on the record. You know? mm-hmm. yeah, but, um, Good one the, to have. The record was made by 
uh, just me and Brad Davis, who's my co-writer and guitar player, and Teddy Andriotis, who plays organ and piano for us, and uh, they're both in my touring band too. And then on bass was Lee Sklar, who, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a bass player, that's the guy to have. He <laughs> plays predominantly these days with Phil Collins, but Lee and I are old friends. Hmm. Well, uh, let's uh, let's talk about movies for a moment or two before we wrap up. Uh, I'm very curious about this. If you were getting together with your own buddies and were going to share a favorite story from the making of a movie, what would it be? Uh, his daddy, that's right. <laughs> um, I guess I would have to say uh, uh, I made a movie. Uh, well, there pro- actually, there are probably more stories from... Uh, bad Santa than anything else uh, but uh, um, you know, I made a movie in San Quentin years ago and uh, so for about two months we were shooting in San Quentin and you know that that alone was a, a pretty big deal <laughs> you know I mean every day was kind of a uh, well you can imagine you're shooting in one of the heaviest prisons in the country mm-hmm. Uh, it was pretty odd, but the thing is to tell like anecdotes about uh, you know what happened on on the set. Like sometimes you'll be asked, you know, you got any funny stories about what happened, uh, you know, on the set one day or whatever. Well, there's so many of them, you can never think of one. It's like when somebody comes to visit, and you're supposed to take them out to a restaurant in your own town, you can't think of one. <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, I mean, mostly it's just like a general vibe on a movie, you know. And, and yeah, crazy things happen every day. But, uh, uh, and well, I don't know. Uh, the, the, probably the funniest story that ever happened on any movie was on a movie called Pushing Ten that I did with John Cusack mm-hmm. up in Canada. The story is way too long to tell here, <laughs> but let's just put it this way. Uh, we We played a pretty decent practical joke on John who has a weak stomach and uh, we got him good it was a very elaborate plan and about two weeks later he got me back and uh, we'll just say it involved a sheep a real live sheep and some lingerie <laughs> all right I think that I think uh, for those those who are listening to this as audio that will that will give them something to think about what uh, what is it that you might see in a script that would get your attention as an actor? I mean, and and uh, to the contrary, are there are there any roles you'd like to be able to erase from your IMDb listing? Uh, well, maybe some stuff early on. I mean, I mean, since I was a well-known actor, I don't think so. I mean, you know, I've been pretty satisfied with everything. I mean, some I like better than others, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, certainly nothing I'm ashamed of. Uh, uh, early on in my career, there are a few, but that's back when you can't say no. Right. <laughs> uh, but um, and the thing that attracts me is really the story and the uh, characters. You know, I, I'm, I'm not that big on, uh, you know, tricky stuff. You know, I mean, I, I usually don't look for a movie that has the, you know, surprise. It was the butler kind of ending or whatever. You know. You know, like really tricky stories don't interest me. I like simple stories with complex characters. Hmm. And um, 
I think that my favorite Christmas movies of all time would have to be uh, Christmas Vacation, Chevy Chase, and Bad Santa. Uh, it's just it, it just never fails to entertain and you know make you fall down laughing. But I wondered uh, what what movies would a guest see at your house during the holidays? Usuals, Miracle on 34th Street, It's a Wonderful Life, and then, uh, you know, it's not easy for me to sit and watch my own movie, but I, I have to say, I actually can't watch Bad Santa. It kind of, it gives me a kick, so. Really? I don't mind watching Bad Santa. Now, do you watch Bad Santa or Badder Santa? Uh, we usually watch Badder Santa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, finally, what's uh, what's coming up next? I, I see you've completed something called Mr. Woodcock, but I don't yeah. know anything about that. Mr. Woodcock is a new line movie starring myself and Susan Sarandon and Sean mm -hmm. William Scott, and uh, it's a comedy, uh, uh, pretty dark comedy uh, um, about a, a gym teacher, sort of the gym teacher from hell, you know. <laughs> And, uh, that wouldn't be you, would it? Uh, actually, it is, yeah. Yeah, okay. Bad Santa in gym shorts. <laughs> but uh, it, it's uh, it's coming out in September. I think it's September 21st. I'm not positive on that date. But okay. uh, that's from uh, New Line Cinema, and it's definitely out in September. Uh, and then I've got, uh, I'm attached to seven movies over the next two years. Wow. Uh, and uh, there's just no start dates on them all. Uh, you know, they're trying to figure this out after my tour. Uh, we're touring August 1st through the first week of September, mm. and mostly hitting the Pacific Northwest and Western Canada, the West Coast, and then uh, down south. Okay. Well, it, it's good to know that you won't be bored in the months to come. No. Uh, you know, <laughs> with uh, all these kids and tours and movies, I'm pretty busy. Good. good. Well, uh, Billy Bob, thank you so much for joining us today on Mr. Media. Well, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. And, folks, if you'd like to keep up with Mr. Media's Friday interviews, you can subscribe to the site via email at www.mrmedia.com. You can also subscribe to the audio feed in the podcast section of iTunes. Thanks for joining us. Please come back next week for another Fridays with Mr. Media.